Hey, good morning, everybody. Great to see you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You all ready for the New Year? <laughs> hey, look at the person next to you. Let them know. Say, hey, you look a lot better this year than you did last year. Let them know. Come on, starting off strong. Hey, I want to welcome all those watching online with us as well. We love you guys. Thanks for being with us today. Come on, Elevate. Can we welcome those watching online with us today as well? Amen. We are starting a brand new series called Game Changer uh, that I'll get to in just a moment. But today launches our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Y'all ready? Hopefully you've been praying and getting ready for today and these next uh, 21 days that we are in. I want to take just a brief uh, minute to talk about this because um, here's what I know. I don't want to assume that everybody knows what I'm talking about. And, uh, and so uh, prayer and fasting, this is something we do every January. I can't think of a better way for us to start the new year off than doing it God's way and giving him the first of the year. Amen, everybody? And so um, on your way out today, our team will be handing out a few things to you. One is these prayer and fasting guides, which will be an amazing help to you throughout the entirety of these 21 days. It'll be helpful in the sense of helping you if, if prayer is something new to you, um, that it'll give you, there's some great insight and resources in here just to help you to learn how to pray and help, help you to learn how to pray the Word of God. And then also fasting, and because uh, I know that's, that may be new for some people. And so there's different types of fasts. All right, that you can do that are in here. All right, so you can dig in and, and, and just really pray and ask God today uh, what he would have you to fast. And so I want to encourage you to do that. And then also on your way out, everybody will get one of these wristbands, all right? And on these wristbands, it just says pray first. And so our hope is that throughout the entirety of the year, not just during these 21 days, that you'll wear that as just a reminder that uh, prayer uh, needs to be our, our first choice, not a, a, a last resort. Amen, everybody? And so a lot of times I think we can get caught up doing everything else, and then, oh, I probably should pray about that. So just as a reminder to pray first. Everybody shout, pray first. Yeah, pray first. And so I want to encourage you, make sure you grab these on the way out. And then I'm really excited. Over the next three weeks of this prayer and fasting time, on Tuesday and Wednesday nights, right here at the church at 7 p.m., it'll be from 7 to 8, uh, we will have our uh, uh, what we're calling our prayer rally. I personally, these are one of my favorite things that we do as a church, where we just come together in this place and pray. And uh, if that's new for you, uh, I want to encourage you, get a part of it. I really believe that prayer is more caught than it is taught, and so you got to get around uh, people that are praying, and uh, and so um, we'll take about five minutes or so. We always open up with some worship, and uh, so we'll have the playlist on. We give our worship team a rest, all right, and then we'll take about 10 minutes, myself and some of our team, to teach, all right, on some of uh, just the different things as it relates to prayer and fasting, and then we'll spend a lot of our time in personal prayer, and I encourage you, you can bring your kids if you want to. Uh, it's something that my our kids have kind of grown accustomed to. And so, and uh, I want to encourage you to be a part of it, and it's, it'll be an incredible time. So we start on time, we'll end right at 8 o'clock, and if not before, and so we we'll always want to honor your time, but it's an incredible time to be a part. I love um, uh, something one of our leaders said uh, at our, we always have 8 a.m. prayer, and uh, Eric Grimes, he just said this, I just thought it was really good, uh, just how he and his family just made a decision that, man, when the doors are open for prayer at our church, he said, we're going to get there, we're going to be a part of what God wants to do. So I just want to be a, and invite you to be a part of what God's doing as we set the course for this year. I believe how you start is pivotal to how you end. I really do. Everybody talks about finishing strong, but I think it's important to start strong too. Amen? And so I want to encourage you, you'll, you'll get those on the way out. And so everybody shout game changer. Man, I love, 
uh, just the name of the series has been something on my heart uh, for a while and for the last few months. And uh, here's what Game Changer is, because if you're not uh, maybe fluid in sports, uh, sports is something I love, so it's kind of a sports analogy, all right? But um, it means this, it's a factor that changes an existing situation in a significant way. A Game Changer is something new that changes it all. Uh, I want to kind of give you a little bit of an example. I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan. Any Colts fans in the house today? If you're a Colts fan that's in the house, just shout, yeah, all right? Oh, that was weak, guys. I know we're not real proud of the season, but Lord have mercy. This is courteous, yeah, for me. All right, anyways. But I'll never forget when we, uh, way back when, uh, in the 90s, when we were, man, we were struggling, went through different quarterbacks, and man, we had the Jeff George era, Jim Harbaugh era, and then we drafted, come on, Peyton Manning. And, uh, man, he was a hero for the Colts, wasn't he? And elite player. And, uh, but I also remember quite well when it was uh, Peyton's time up in Indianapolis. And we went through a dreadful season. And um, Curtis Painter led the way. Um, so how many know Peyton Manning, game changer when he gets on your team, all right? And uh, Curtis Painter, game changer for the bad, all right? And so bless his heart. I'm sure he's a good man, all right? Uh, and so we struggled. And then we drafted Andrew Luck, number one draft pick. How many know game changer And uh, when he started playing? But then something happened this season for all of us Colts fans that sent us in the doldrums of depression as sports fans, and that was he abruptly retired and uh, left me very upset and saddened, and no disrespect to Jacoby Brissett, our quarterback, but he's just not Andrew Luck, game changer. Here's what I'm saying, that there can be game changers in your life for the good, and then there can be game changers in your life that are not so good. And in this series, my hope is that uh, we help to teach and to bring some things, uh, according to the scripture, to life to you, but some things that will not just create game-changing moments for you, but game-changing what I would call rhythms for your life. That you would have some rhythms and healthy habits. It, you know, they say it takes 21 days to form a habit. That's why I think it's significant that we're doing these 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, and so uh, as we get into this, I think it's really important uh, that we understand uh, that God wants to do some game-changing things in our life. Let's look at our theme verse for the day in Luke chapter 6, verse 43. And it says, you'll never find choice fruit hanging on a bad, unhealthy tree. And rotten fruit doesn't hang on a good, healthy tree. Every tree will be revealed by the quality of fruit that it produces. Figs or grapes will never be picked off thorn trees. People are known in this same way. Out of the virtue stored in their hearts. Everybody shout, stored in their hearts. Good and upright people will produce good fruit. But out of the evil hidden in their hearts, evil ones will produce what is evil. Watch this. For the overflow... Of what has been stored, there it is again, in your heart will be seen by your fruit and will be heard by your words. So the reflection of how you're doing in your life with your heart is, is depicted by your actions, all right, by the fruit that you are, that is good or not good. And then uh, the, the, the reflection of your heart is also known by what you're saying. Think about that. Think about today, and, and what I want to do the next few minutes is just really encourage us today as we begin this new year to start this year strong, but start it with understanding that everything is a reflection and goes back to the heart. All right? Uh, you know, as much as your doctors, how many of our doctors want us heart healthy? There's a lot of things that talk about us living heart healthy. And, but how many know the Word of God uh, talks about us also living heart healthy and being sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and sensitive about what's happening or not happening in our lives today. And so uh, the New King James Version says it this way, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
So in other words, your heart, again, is setting the direction of your life by the way it is pointing you, is determined entirely by its condition. All right, the Bible says, out of your heart flows the issues of life, so guard it. And so, in other words, you've got to guard what's coming in, all right, to protect yourself of what's going in. Now, watch what happens here in the next part of this verse. Watch what Jesus, watch this point he makes right here. He says, what good does it do for you to say, I am your Lord and Master, if what I teach you is not put into practice? Uh, there, there's, some, there's some moments in Scripture of when I read uh, the life of Jesus and his disciples that I, I, I feel like Jesus is just kind of like, come on, y'all. Like, how many times I got to tell you? Like, let's get with it. How many feel like that with your kids? Can, can I just tell you, you know, God uh, with us probably sometimes like, come on, guys, let's go. Let's, let's get with it. I've told you these things. Let's go. You know, but how many know he's a lot more patient than we are? Thank you, Jesus, for that. All right. And so let me describe the one who truly follows me. Or, and does what I say. He is like a man who chooses the right place to build a house. I love, I love again, back in the King James, New King James Version, it goes on to say uh, in this version, and then lays a deep, secure foundation. But in the New, New King James, it says, or to dig deep. Everybody shout, dig deep. Well, I love that. When the storms and floods rage against the house, it continues to stand strong and unshaken through the tempest. For it has been wisely built on the right foundation. But the one who has heard my teaching and does not obey is like a man who builds a house without laying any foundation whatsoever. And when the storms and floods rage against that house, it will immediately collapse and become a total loss. Now watch how Jesus uh, makes this real personal for you and I. And he says this, which of these two builders will you be? Which kind of house are we going to choose to build? Are we going to choose to build a secure, right foundation on Christ or choose it based upon what we know or what our experiences have tried to tell us? Uh, it's, a, it's a very important decision that you have to make, especially going to this year. And so the next few minutes, we're going to pull some points from these verses today. <clears throat> because here's the reality. Without the correct foundation in your life, you will be easily swayed in your life. If you don't learn to stand for something, you will fall for anything. That's why you have to understand the conviction of your life and living your life is according to the word of God, not what you think or somebody else thinks, but what God's word says always has the final say. Somebody say amen to that, all right? And so if we don't have a secure foundation in Christ, convictions become cloudy, our vision has the smudge, we can't really see clearly, and so then what happens is we start living a life with a lot of uncertainties instead of being certain and living in the absolutes of what God has. And so, but with a Christ-centered foundation, we will never be swayed from his word. There's nothing, uh, anybody, anything, circumstances, things that you and I face, storms that can sway us from his truth and his love. You guys, you guys go ahead and put up this picture. Kind of reminds me of this story. How many see uh, something pretty profound here? That there's, how many houses are standing? One house. This came after Hurricane Ike back in 2005 in the Gulf of, of, of Mexico on the uh, Gulf of Texas, all right? And <clears throat> this made national news because this was the only house left standing after this horrific hurricane. But there's something significant to this story that I want to share to you that's incredible. The uh, part of this story that is so profound is the foundation in which this house was laid upon. Because the family shared a story. They said a hurricane three years prior that hit their house, took their house and everybody else's house just like that. Like you see, everybody else is gone. They said our house was gone. And they said, now don't miss this. They said we had to make a decision. You can Google this story. It's, it's profound. And, and they said we had to make a decision that when we lost our first house, 
that in order to stay in the same area, and, and, and if another hurricane would hit, which it probably would at some point, that we had to build differently. We had to lay a different foundation, and we had to construct the house differently than how we built prior, because how we were building previously took us out. I hope you get this, all right? So, <laughs> and so, so they did. So they built this house, and they said when we pulled up, <clears throat> and everybody else's houses were gone, said we were, we were horrified for them, but we were relieved for us. And just thankful for, 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 for what the Lord has done. And I'm just telling you, a right foundation, a right theology in your life will lead to a right uh, uh, lifestyle for your life. And I'm telling you, if you build it upon, the Christ, uh, upon Christ, the son of the living God, you will be able to withstand anything that tries to knock you down. Because when your foundation is Christ and Christ alone, guess what, baby? You cannot be moved. The rest of the world and everybody else may be losing their daggone minds, but in the midst of it, you can pray for them while you're in a place of perfect peace. Why? Because you've made a decision in your life that my foundation is not going to be on anything or anybody else than Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, the rock of the living God. Come on, somebody. Amen. So the foundation's got to be sure. And let me also say it this way to somebody today. Even if your 2019 was a mess, even if you were in a place where you thought about, maybe you did quit, maybe you gave up, maybe you thought about it a lot. But regardless of your condition today, can I tell you that God can make something very powerful and beautiful out of our brokenness. That he is the only one that can write a redeeming story to put us all back together again and to be able to withstand the next time the enemy ever tries to come in and, and wreak havoc in our life. I'm telling you, it's never too late with God. He always knows what he's doing and he perfects in putting those broken pieces back together again. Are you thankful for that today? Amen. The Bible says in John 16, that in this world you will experience difficulties but take heart, I've conquered the world, Jesus said. I've told you this so that in trusting me, you will be unshakable and deeply at peace. How many want to be deeply at peace? Unshakable. But that doesn't happen without the correct foundation. So here's the reality. Tough times will come. Tough seasons will come. But they will also go. All right? What you're facing right now is not something that is forever. It's a season. You have to understand, just because we're in winter, guess what's coming? Spring is coming. Come on, somebody. Whew, I'm ready for it. All right? I know we're not even hardly through January here. I know. But I'm ready for it. But here's what I, you need to know is that it's, it's seasons. They change. So here's the important part that you have to understand. Jot this down in your notes if you're following along today. Because this is really important for your year to understand. That your spirit is your responsibility. In other words, you can say it this way, but say, my spirit, my responsibility. That was kind of weak, all right? Let's try that again. Everybody say, my spirit, there you go, my responsibility. So here's the deal. Your life cannot be led, and the course of your life cannot be led by anyone other than God. The only voice that should matter in your life is the voice of God in his calling for your life. I believe it takes a passionate walk, a radical walk, a no-compromising spirit to pursue all that God has for us. And if you have to take care, listen, you have to take care of your walk with God. And, and, and it's nobody else's job but yours. And here's the deal. It's, it's, I believe this, the church of the next decade, 
and what this is all going to look like for the church of Jesus Christ is going to be dependent on our pursuit with God like never before. In his word, we're going to talk about some of this, but it's pivotal that you understand that your spirit is your responsibility. What you put in will come out. And so you've got to be careful what your ears are hearing, what your eyes are seeing. You've got to have those boundaries, those gates. Scripture talks all about that. All right, In a world where there are so many options, you've got to make the decision of Jesus being your everything, not just your Sunday thing. Come on, somebody, talk to me. It's got to be more than Sunday because guess what? Monday's coming, and you're going to need God's power. Guess what? That meeting on Wednesday that maybe you've been dreading, guess what? With the power of God and his peace, not only can you get through it, but God will give you wisdom and how that thing can go better than you ever thought it could. But what we have to do is give him the opportunity to guide us and to lead us in Jesus' name. Amen? Proverbs 16.2 says this, we are all in love with our own opinions, convinced they're correct. But the Lord is in the midst of us testing and probing our every motive. How many know the word of the Lord is just real, just like all up in your stuff, like all up in your grill, you know? And, and here's what I know. How many know we, we, we can love our own opinions, but at the end of the day, they don't mean jack. But what does define our life and our future is God's word for us because his word is the, is the, is the word that is everlasting and has stood the test of time and of history. It's God's word that always has the final say. And so at the end of the day, we have to understand your spirit, man, has to be strong. You've got to keep yourself healthy, moving forward. Everybody shout, dig in. And, and here's the thing. When we're going through seasons of testing and we're facing these different trials, listen, seasons of testing, because you're going to go through some tough things this year. You're going to go through some great things this year. But there are going to be tough things. They may pastor, wish you'd be more positive. I'm positive you're going to have some tough things this year. All right, and so helping to prepare you is really important, but again, helping to prepare yourself. Because, man, I need God not just on Sunday, but I need him on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, and on Saturday. And I love coming together in God's house on Sunday because I get to worship with you guys. And also, man, we get to, it's a kind of a halftime uh, rally cry for the rest of the week and God preparing us for the week. But here's what I know that's so important. We've got to dig in. That's the, the, the title of my message today is this, is grab a shovel. Look at the person next to you say, grab a shovel. So you got to grab a shovel. Y'all ready to go to work today? All right, some of y'all are like, I have no idea. Um, but for some of us, it's growth track. It's going through growth track during our noon service today. It's going beyond being a spiritual, contribu being a spiritual consumer to being a spiritual contributor now. To taking what God has called you to do and now walking it in it and, and, and what he's purposing you to do. For somebody else that's joining small groups when the semester starts here in a few weeks. And refusing that this year I'm not going to do this life by my, by my own anymore. For some it's getting out and being a part of our outreach on third Saturdays. And, and being a part of what it looks like to go out and, and to visit and to help do projects within our city and our team. It's, it's, it's making the decision that I'm going to dig in. Can I tell you digging takes some work. I mean, I know that. I remember working for a company that did landscaping and construction. What a combination, right? I signed up for the landscaping portion for the mowing. I, after they hired me, they told me, we need you on the construction side. I'm like, you have, I think you totally misunderstood my application, sir. <laughs> like, this boy ain't good when it comes to manual stuff. Like, you can even ask my wife. When it comes to stuff around the house, girl, I'm so thankful for her. I'd be lost without her, all right? 
Uh, she just does it all, you know. I just, that's not God's gift to me, all right. I can use a screwdriver and a hammer. That's about it, all right. And so I'll never forget, they had me working on back, backyard patios and, and uh, all this stuff, man. And guess what they put in my hand? A lot. This bad boy. And I got used to this, but, man, I'd come back home just a sweaty mess, funky smelling, all that, you know, and just digging. But here's what I felt like the Lord spoke to me about today, that for some of us in this last year, we laid the shovel down. And instead of digging into God's word and digging into prayer and digging in to pursue our relationship with God, we got real comfortable, maybe even a little bit complacent, maybe realized, man, this is a little bit harder than I thought. I mean, you've heard the expression, if it was easy, you know, everybody would do it. And so, and so well, maybe the call of God isn't quite worth it. Uh, maybe it's not what I thought it was. Man, that hurt, that person, that thing, that issue, that sickness, whatever it is. You know what, I just don't think, and it's the goal of the enemy to get you to quit. It's the goal of the enemy to just keep you postured in a chair on a Sunday and don't ever do anything with the rest of your life. He's okay with that. But all of a sudden, when you start making some decisions in your life and you pick up a shovel, you're going to get attacked. But that shouldn't drive fear in you. You need to remember the enemy only attacks who he fears the most. And for some of us in 2020, it's time to pick up the shovel again. It's time to start digging again. I know it's work. I know it's sweaty. I know there's some long nights of prayer and, and waking up in the early morning. I know it's going to take some work. But God is saying if you will be faithful to dig and you'll be faithful to go after my purpose and my plan, watch what I'll do for your life. But here's the deal, everybody. You've got to do it his way, not your own way. Again, our opinions and our methods don't mean squat. What matters is God's word and digging in. Everybody shout, dig in. So number one, you got to dig into the word. In a time in this nation where we are seeing Christians digress at more of a, of a rapid pace than ever before. In other words, there's a stat, I think I shared this a few weeks ago, less than 9%, it was a research group that did this, less than 9% of Christians in this nation are actually reading their Bible. That is unbelievably alarming. And I'm here today to challenge the body of Christ, Elevate City, and anybody that's watching today, it's time to pick up the shovel and it's time to sound an alarm. That we can't stay where we're at. If we stay where we're at, it is going to be a pitiful, ridiculous place in the next 10 years where we'll be in 2030. But I refuse, as long as I have breath, to sit back and just say, well, this is okay. No, no, no. Listen, God ain't come to patty cake, and we've got a devil that's really after us, that's trying to destroy our marriages, that's trying to destroy your kids, that's trying to destroy everything that you do. But I'm telling you, it's time that we pick up a shovel and we get to work and start digging in again and chasing after the things of God in Jesus' name. Are you here today? Amen? Luke 6, back in this verse, it says, again, Jesus said, what good does it, does it do for you? To say I am your Lord and master if what I teach you is not put into practice. In other words, just wasting time. Listen, we don't have a truth problem. We have an application problem. That, that, it, again, it's not picking and choosing what's good and not good in the, in the word. No, no, no. We believe all of it. Believe it and let it be for your life. That I'm going to live my life according to God's word and what he says. Imagine this. If someone offered you a special gift that would guarantee you direction. Think about this. Prosperity, success, a gift that would give you the ability to rise above any circumstance and stand against the enemy. A gift that would keep you from sin and destruction and despair. I mean, say, man, I want that gift. 
But that gift is something that you already have. It's called the Bible. One of my favorite songs to still sing my kids, you know, when they go to sleep at night. Bethany and I both, we sing our kids, uh, Jesus loves me. Come on, how many remember that? Old Jesus loves me. All right. If you don't know it, I'll teach it to you. Come on. And then B-I-B-L-E, we teach it to them. And we sing every night to our kids. It's something we've, we've done uh, for a long time and just speaking over them. And can I, can I just challenge us, let this be a, a year that you dig into the word. Everybody grab your phones very quickly. And, and here's what I want you to do. I really want you to do this right here in this service, all right? If you don't have um, the YouVersion Bible app, I would encourage you right now to go to the app store. Because here's the thing. If you don't do it now, you probably won't do it later. So do it now. Go to the YouVersion Bible app. Or maybe you're on there. It's been a while. However, and I would challenge you, this is an app that really works well to help build rhythms in your life. There's scripture. There's a lot of different versions in here. Of the Bible, I realize not everybody can, can hang with old King Jimmy, the King James Version, all right? And so I would encourage you, find a, 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 find a version. I teach a lot from the NIV and the New Living, all right? Love those two, love New King James. So there's some versions that's out. There's a uh, version called the Passion Translation. It's more New Testament. Uh, but, but I want to encourage you to get in the Word. And then the person sitting next to you, um, you know, you can grab their name and look them up and, and friend them. You can friend me, send me a request on there, Kyle Mills, all right? I put this out on social media a few days ago, and uh, man, had a lot of just people just sending those requests, and I love it because we get to kind of go through the year together, and I do the one-year Bible every year. Why? Because I'm just, I, listen, a lot of people think for pastors that when we study and do messages like this, that that is our time with God. It is time with God, but it's not my personal time with God, because before I, ha before I can work on the ministry, I have to work on my ministry. Are you with me today? So I can't give what I don't have. So seeking God and spending time in his presence is so important. So, you know, fasting for me, just what it looks like. So what's it look like for you, Pastor? Uh, again, I'm, I'll be fasting social media starting today for the next 21 days. Bam. And I am very happy about that, by the way. All right. And so for some of us, that might be something great to fast. Um, it's amazing how much you can spend time on that, that thing. All right. The other thing I'm doing is just doing a partial fast, just one meal a day. Just time to eat lunch and then fasting breakfast and, and dinner. And what you do in those fasting times is that time that you would normally be eating or, or, or watching those things or on social media, you're, you're spending time with God. So again, fasting is disconnecting from the world and prayer is connecting you with God. All right, you with me? Digging to lay the foundation, all right, can't happen without the word of God. And if we will dig into his word, we're going to see promises fulfilled. Let's look at a couple verses. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. John 6, 63, the spirit gives life. Everybody shout life. life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I spoke have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. That word spirit is the word pneuma in the Greek, which means the presence or breath of God. And I don't know about you, I want more of God's presence and his, the breath of God on my life. Is there anybody that's desperate for that? Man, I am desperate for more of the presence of God in my life. Come on. Is there anybody that's desperate out there? Yeah. Come on. says, man, I want more of God's presence this year. More of him and a lot less of me in Jesus' name. And so the Bible, you have to see, is not just a collection of just words in a book to study and improve your life. Instead, it's a powerful body of truth. You have to see it as the very breath of God that has the ability to bring about its own fulfillment. 
So let me give you just a couple practical things that will help you, I think, bring the Bible to life for you. Because I realize this is difficult for some people. And here's the, the other thing I'm thinking, because some of us are probably thinking this way. Pastor, I don't like to read. Man, fear not. Guess what? That Bible app reads to you. <laughs> Come on, somebody. It reads to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is good enough. Don't get religious. All right? Relax and enjoy it. This is a journey meant to be enjoyed, not endured. Let me give you a few things, activating God's word in your life. First one is this, make God's word a priority. Isn't it amazing we will always find time for the things that are important to us? So let this be a priority in 2020. Just as your bodies need fuel, your spirit needs the word. You will not be able to withstand the days ahead unless you have a solid foundation of Christ and knowing his word. You won't make it. So I'm trying to help you now. You've got to have a foundation of his word. It's not enough just to know about it. You've got to know his word. Believe what you read. The second one. You've got to believe that it's true. God says it's impossible to please him without faith. So as you're reading the word and as you're growing in a relationship with God, guess what that's doing? It's growing you. It's growing your faith. It's growing your confidence in him. Here's the third thing. I'll spend just a minute on this one because it's one of my favorites, and that's meditate on scripture. And so and so here's, here's what a lot of Christians get caught up doing. They just kind of read to read. Like it's, it's something else to check off. Don't, don't make that the deal. Like when you're going through even your one-year Bible, sometimes, well, I, I, I did that for the day. You know, don't make it a checkoff thing. Something, but again, something that you spend time and you're enjoying. Are you with me, church? So don't just read and put it away. Look at Psalms 1-2. This is so good. It says, but they delight in doing everything God wants them to, and day and night are always meditating. Everybody say meditating. meditating. On his laws and thinking about ways to follow him more closely. I love the word meditate. You know what it means? It means to chew the cud. Have you ever seen cows out there chewing the cud, you know, with their mouth? You ever seen them doing that? In other words... You should get the nutrients out of it. Um, you should get the nutrients out of it and swallow it. And so uh, you, you recall it again, and then you chew on it some more, and then you chew on it all day long, and you're spending time. Sometimes it might just be a word you hang on. Sometimes for me, I'll read a verse, uh, and it may just be one verse or one word that I feel like God's just, it's, he's got me hanging on. All right? Um, you know, a lot of people ask, where do I start? Where do I start to read? I'll just reference a couple areas that you could begin reading. Proverbs is a great one. There's 31 chapters. There's typically 31 days in a month. You can read a chapter a day. Uh, the book of John is such a great one because you're going to really be exposed to the power of God's love and that particular focus of that book. Uh, uh, you know, faith in, in the book of Hebrews. And, and so this is just some good startups probably for you. But there's, again, some great resources in our prayer guide and then on that Bible app as well. I think this, when it comes to reading the Bible, reading the Bible without meditating on it is, is like trying to eat without swallowing. So, so in other words, it just, you, you've got to take time with it and just meditate and chew on God's word, all right? And here's the final one. Know and speak God's, the promises of God. But here's the deal. You can't claim the promises unless you understand what the promises are. I think too many Christians get caught up, again, uh, just kind of knowing about the word but not really knowing the word. So, yeah, I've heard it or I know it, but do you know it personally for you? Has God's word come alive to you? Those pages are meant to come alive. That's, again, the very breath of God. First Chronicles says, O Lord, for the sake of your servant and according to your will, you have done this great thing. And look at this, and made known. He wants to make his promises known to you. 
all right? So you got to know them and then speak them. Proverbs 18, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. Again, that's a, remember, your words that are coming out of your mouth right now, you know, James, the book of James talks about it, specifically James 3, that who can tame the tongue? You can tame animals, but nobody's been able to tame the tongue. You've got to be careful of the words that are pouring out of your mouth. They've got to be life, not death. You know, the Bible says, uh, I think it's in Psalms, that a fool is known by his many words. I don't want to be known by my words, everybody. I want to be known by my action and my love for God and his people. Can you say amen to that? Amen? And so we've got to get comfortable, though, with opening up our mouth and speaking. And we've got to, we've got to, can I tell you, when God created the world, he spoke it into existence, the word says. He spoke it, he said it. And so there's a lot of scripture on opening up your mouth and speaking. And so you got to get comfortable with that. I would even take verses that you're reading and start reading them aloud. Get comfortable with that, all right? Knowing God's word. You know, if you're going through a battle, you know, this is where knowing God's word and his promises are so important. Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, I've given you all power and authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and to overcome all the powers of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So he said, I've given you all authority. So the battle you're facing, guess what? It's already been won. You don't, you don't have to fight for victory. You fight from a place of victory. Amen, everybody? If, you, if you're dealing with fear today, guess what God's word declares in Psalm 27.1? That the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? If you're struggling with sickness in your body, he declares in Psalm 103, verse 3, that he is the God who heals all of your diseases. So you've got to know the word. Everybody say, dig in the word. Number two, dig into prayer. <coughs> Excuse me. Luke 6, let me describe again the one who truly follows me and does what I say. He's like a man who chooses the right place to build a house and then lays a deep, secure foundation. When the storms and floods rage against that house, it continues to stand strong and unshaken through the tempest. Luke 5, 16, as often as possible, Jesus withdrew to out-of-the-way places for prayer. Again, this is why it's so important. Jesus modeled it for us to go away and pray, shut off all of the noises and voices and the distractions and hear from heaven, hear from God. Can I tell you, we have a speaking God. He is speaking may, way more than we think he is. And a secure foundation happens with the word and only with prayer. And I think what happens is sometimes we struggle to go to God because we're afraid of what he might tell us. And, and, and that happens though, because oftentimes of a couple things, a lack of digging and a lack of really understanding the heart of our God. Trust me when I tell you, you want to hear what he's got to say. And I love the psalmist, or the, I love the song of Solomon. He said it this way. He said that his mouth is sweetness itself. You want to hear the, your father talk to you and the love that he has for you. So, and can I also just tell you this today, that no matter how many mistakes that you think you've made, no, no, no matter how much you've been through, whatever your struggle is, whatever your addiction is, can I say this? Keep digging. Keep pursuing God and his love and his faithfulness for you. Here's what I know. God's ability to clean things up is infinitely greater than our ability to mess things up. And you and I are in desperate need of a God who can help clean us up. That's why religion paints the ugly picture that we have to come to God with all of our stuff together. That's religion. A relationship says, hey, come, come to me with all your jacked upness and your brokenness and I'll put you back together. There's a big difference. Amen, everybody? But you got to keep digging. No matter where you're at, no matter what's happening, make the decision. I'm not going to put the shovel down. I'm going to dig in the Word. I'm going to keep digging in my prayer life, and I'm going to continue to seek after God's uh, 
uh, plan and purpose for my life. Prayer does this for me. It settles me. It refreshes me. It changes me. It focuses me. And it makes me more like Jesus. That's why we need to be in the, the power of prayer. Prayer is talking and listening and us doing a lot more listening. Amen? And here's the third and final thing. Dig in to worship, everybody. Dig into worship. Luke 6 says, For the overflow of what has been stored in your heart will be seen by your fruit and will be heard in your words. An overflow, everybody say the overflow. What is that? Everybody say it again, the overflow of your relationship with God. Here's what it is. It's worship. And it's not just worship like what we see and experience here on a Sunday with our team. And they do such a great job, don't they, everybody? But worship is more than just singing songs. It's a lifestyle. Worship can be expressed through acts of service, through words of praise and encouragement, through giving, through singing, through dancing and shouting. In fact, even right now on your phone, uh, Spotify, you can go on Spotify. We have a, a, an account on there that you can go. It's public on there, and it's under ECC, and you can get our worship playlist, the different music that we play, and you can choose all the different songs from our playlist, and that way you have songs of worship going on in your own car or your own house. So I encourage you, go follow that. that, that just another tool to help you, again, in your personal time with the Lord. But here's the thing about worship, too. Psalm 149, verse 6 says this. Let the praises of God be in their mouths and a sharp sword in their hands. Here's the other side of worship that many don't understand that I want to teach very quickly. That worship is also an act of warfare against Satan and every demonic force. I'm telling you it's powerful. Our worship puts the devil on the run and increases our ability to fight against the powers of darkness. You've got to dig into worship. You've got to get lost in worship with God and focus on Him. When we give God all of our attention, it strips the enemy's power in our life. And can I just tell you today, would you stand to your feet with me, everybody? Can I tell you today that there is a fight that's happening right now in the spirit realm for your life. Listen to me very clearly. The enemy is doing everything he can to keep you from digging. To keep you from picking up the shovel and doing the thing that God has called you to do. The purpose that he's placed within your life on this earth to do. Listen, not one person in this room today is here by accident. You are here by purpose. And the reason why you didn't wake up dead this morning is because God has destiny and purpose in your life. And Satan and even people, if we're not careful, will keep us from God's best in our life. You have to fall in love with his word. You have to fall in love with prayer. You have to fall in love, man, of your life being not your own. But allowing God to be in complete control in your life and digging in. And digging into all that he has for you. His plan is his word. His plan is prayer and, and it's worship. And can I say, it's time to dig. Guess what? For us as a church, we got a city to reach. We got to keep digging. We got to keep believing. We got to keep reaching. We got to keep moving. Guess what? We've got a building this year that's going to happen. We got to keep digging. Come on, somebody. 
We got to keep, keep the shovel moving. Keep going. And while you're shoveling, listen to me, and while you're moving, God's grace and his power will enable you to do what you can never do on your own because you've made the decision, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep digging. I'm going to keep pursuing God and his word for my life because lives are hanging in the balance. They're waiting on us. Would you bow your head? I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, right here, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus. Speak, Holy Spirit. I already know you are. You're here, and it is evident today. God, what every single person right here today needs is not anything man can offer. What we're so desperate of right here in this place today is your word and your power and your presence in our life. We make a decision right now as a people that we're going to grab the shovel and we're going to dig in. Father, forgive us if we've gotten complacent. Forgive us, God, if we've been straying and doing what we want to do instead of doing what you want us to do. Forgive us of that. Forgive us of selfishness. Forgive us of saying things we should never say and acting and doing things we shouldn't do. Forgive us of our sins. We need the help of your Holy Spirit today. But God, I'm asking you today, and I declare right now in the name of Jesus over every single person under the sound of my voice, that today begins a newness in you like never before. Stir up, Holy Spirit, a hunger inside of each and every one of us for your word, for prayer, for worship, for loving you and reaching more people. Cause us to be a people who are passionate about what you're passionate about, that values what you value. And let us not be stuck in our own opinions that we think are right, as we read earlier. But God, let us be caught up in doing what you want and your will for our life in the name of Jesus. And I come against just every power of the enemy today. Satan, we serve you notice. You have no power over God's people. You have no power over our life, over our marriages, over our kids. I speak the moving of the power of the Holy Spirit to awaken our lives, to awaken our spirit man in the name of Jesus Christ. We need you, Father. We ask you for your presence invade our lives and our homes for the glory of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Lord, I want to give you an opportunity right now before we move forward in this service. If you say, Pastor, I've not been running with God, I need to. I need to know that love and that purpose. Maybe you had a relationship with God and you have not been serving God like you know and you need to recommit your life today. I want to give you an opportunity right now to know him. I'm going to pray all of us together in a moment, but if that's you, I want you to be real bold. This is between you and God right now. And lift up your hand on three. Come on, one, two, three. Real high and say, man, that's me, that's me. Yeah, hands all up. Yeah, got you, got you, got you. Proud of you guys. Yeah, in the back. All up here. Proud of you guys. So good, so good. Thank you, Lord. You can put your hands down. Proud of all you guys. Praise God. I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And just say this after me. Come on, church, let's pray with these guys. And just say, Jesus, I welcome you to my heart today. I make you the Lord of my life. I declare that my life is not my own. It belongs to Jesus. 
I repent of my sins. I choose to dig in and move forward in Jesus' name. Amen.